Gunter Liepen Glocken Glopen. Welcome to the Fast Brackets Podcast, where we highlight the cars and stars of top sportsmen and top dragster drag racing. I am your host, Rex Simmermaker, coming to you from the heart of Indianapolis, the racing capital of the world. Welcome to the show. Guys, girls, it is episode number 18. It is the third week in August, and this is the big U.S. Nationals preview show. Hey, uh, thank you so much for listening in and being a part of fast brackets nation uh you guys have been so involved and have grown the show each and every week i mean legitimately every week we get another 20 to 25 listeners and we never lose any that is amazing um so real quickly programming note you uh might want to take some notes here next week I am excited to announce the first live show ever, Um, and it is from the big go, the U.S. Nationals, the granddaddy of them all, uh, for you guys and girls that are making history, this has to be immortalized. And so I'm putting some final touches on this great event right now, but know this, it will be next Thursday night, uh, the 29th of August. Um, I believe that will be after the final qualifier for both classes, Um, but we'll know, we should at that point know the latter and be able to discuss them in detail. Um, And and we'll have two shows actually. One will be completely and entirely dedicated to top sportsmen. Um, Likely that will be from 6 to 7 p.m. I believe that is correct in assuming that they will go first um, whichever class goes first, then that would be the first show. Just, um, just so that everybody has a chance to attend. I'm trying to make the logistics easy. Um, and then assuming that same schedule, the top dragster show would be from 8 PM to 9 PM. Again, if, uh, they run top dragster first, then top dragster would be from six to seven and top sports would be from eight to nine. Um, but, uh, that's how we'll do it, 6 to 7 and then 8 to 9. I will get ahead of that and uh, get the communication out. But uh, I want all of you guys there so that I can pull you up on stage and we can discuss how this is happening in real time. Um, but the live show is going to mean a couple different things. So first of all, that means there is a visual effect. Um, so you, we will have some visual aids that obviously we do not get on a podcast. Um, also you will get to see producer Rob, the greatest producer in top sportsman and top dragster podcasting history. Um, plus it is live will my fans be there. <laughs> All your fans will be there, Rob. Sweet. Yes. Um, plus it'll be live. So if we screw it up, won't that be fun? Um, but, uh, know this, write this down as well. The location it is so close to the track. It is at the Sunshine Bowling Center. 
Um, that is on US 136 in Indianapolis. Uh, they have a nice little sports bar there, which is where we will be set up. Um, and we have the entire place uh, leased out, so um, I guess you can stay in bowl later if you want. But uh, legitimately, it is an easy golf cart cruise over there. To it is four tenths of a mile from the east of the track. Um, you just go out the main gate and go east. You do not even have to drive on the road, so you, you don't have to get transportation. Just get in your golf cart and drive there. There is a grassway all the way there, so you know I prefer that everyone get there very safely, and so nobody even has to drive on the road. But you can you can do it uh, from your cart. And what will happen is we are going to make that parking lot of the Sunshine Bowling Center look like an easy go gang showed up and is trying to shake down people for those weird two-tone shoes that like 5,000 people have already worn. Uh, and then maybe just to show people who's boss, we rip a couple of those weird wrist braces just, you know, so that, you know, yeah, they know who we are, but we know who they are too. And then um, because there will be all those carts outside, I will have security outside just making sure, just in case another Easy Go gang doesn't come by and try to throw down with us, thinking that you're going to take their territory or something. Um, so, yeah, we'll be, we'll be cool with that. That'll be a lot of fun. Um, there will be food and drink specials, likely a Calcutta, and probably some giveaways as well. Uh, but we will celebrate what all of you mean for these classes and for the first ever event. Um, and th this is not about the show. This is all about you guys um, and uh, can't cannot wait to get this going. Um, but if you're racing, uh, love to have you there. But bring your crew and especially bring your sponsors. Let them feel the love. And if, if you're within 150 miles of Indy, and if you're competing in another class at the Big Go, get there. It will be fun. Uh, it's five bucks to get in, and I will personally guarantee that you have a good time or your money back. Um, the Fast Bracket Nation t-shirts just went to print, so we'll have uh, some of those for sale. I really like them. Uh, get them while they're hot. There is a limited supply of those uh, because the next day, that Friday, it goes down the history books get written. Um, so plan that, uh, mark it on your calendar, and let me know you're coming. I will give VIP seating to everyone who lets me know in advance that they will be there. And you know you can uh, you can get me on the Facebook page and or the Twitter page. So just if you want VIP seating, let me know about that. I'll be there. Rob will be there. Get yourself there as well. Um, and this is this is important. Um, this, this is really important. So make sure you like and follow the Fast Brackets podcast Facebook page and the Twitter accounts because if these times get moved for some reason, i.e. the weather, um, or NHRA just makes changes to the schedule that you know we can't control, I, obviously I'm not going to do it if they move qualifying sessions to 6 p.m. and 8 p.m. on Thursday night. I, I want you guys there. That's how this works. Um, so check the Facebook page. I will update this stuff in real time. I expect those to be the times. Um, but 
I just liked it. It was so easy. That's all you got to do. You I literally it. just gave it a thumbs up. <laughs> Boom. Like, bam. And now you're in. So if things get changed around, if it's for whatever reason it is not 6 p.m. and 8 p.m. on Thursday the 29th, you'll be the first to know. Um, so, like I said, uh, next week will be the live show on Thursday. Um, there will be nothing released next Wednesday, as usual, at 6 p.m. Eastern. Uh, it will be a day late, but you will get two episodes, one completely for top sportsmen and another completely for top dragster. Um, so next Thursday, August 29th, 6 and 8 p.m., the live show. Plan on that. But today... We have an incredible Big Go preview episode for you today. We have two tremendous guests on. These guys are literally the two latest to win the Wallies at Indy. So this is an incredibly special show. We have Jerry Albert. Um, He's back on. He is an NHRA top sportsman standout. He's the winner of the Division III top sportsman event at Indy in July. And he's a former podcast guest. He's on episode number five. So if you have not listened to number five, do this for me right now. Stop this show. Push pause. This is the beauty of podcast. Push pause. Stop it. Go back to episode number five. Listen to Jerry Albert's interview. It was incredible. And you can real you can get to know Jerry and understand how he gets down with huge cubic inches and lots of nitrous. Um, and then once you've listened to that, come on back and push play again right now. Welcome back. All right. And our second guest is Mike Coughlin. He's the winner of the division three top dragster event at Indian July. He, um, needs very little introduction, but we're really excited to have those two guys on to talk about Indy today. Uh, but before we get at it, make like I said, make sure you like and follow the Fast Brackets podcast page on Facebook. Uh, follow us on at Fast Brackets on Twitter. And, you know, just do what you do when you listen. Mow the yard. Make the commute. Clean the shop. Run the valves. Either way, metaphorically speaking, get your helmet on. Get strapped in because here we go. Okay, let's make a pass. So we need to get them hot. Let's put it in the water box. And again, let's talk about bump spots at the U.S. Nationals. I get it. Um, You may be thinking, Rex, we covered this, but this is a dead horse that needs to be beaten. Um, I I can't probably talk about this enough, truthfully. Um, So let's start in top dragster. As of this afternoon, there are 43 entrants. And without question, this will be the fastest bump in history of the class. Um, there are just too many guys that can run under 6.0 if they want. Um, and the weather looks good. Uh, truthfully, I live about a mile and a half from the track, and my yard uh, is full of leaves. Like It, it looks like fall. Um, it doesn't quite feel like fall, but it is cooling off. And if the weather is good, look out. But uh, most importantly, this is shaping up to be an, an incredible show. Uh, my guess, like I said last week, is it'll be a 622. I hope I'm wrong. 
I hope I'm way off base and I hope that it's in the teens. Um, just the entry list is showing that enough guys can do that and the firepower is coming out. And um, I, I think that's where it's going to go. On the top sportsman side, this it's just going to be epic and I cannot wait. I, I said it. I think it will be better than the pro stock bump, which I believe will be mid 60 ish. Um, you know, they have a 16 car field. Top Sportsman is 32. And I like the chances. I like the chances that Top Sportsman outqualifies the Pro Stock field. Don O'Neill got in, said he's calling a 71 uh, bump. It, it's hard to argue with him on that one outside of the fact that I am usually aggressive and I feel like everyone in that entry list of 43 competitors as of this afternoon is going to be aggressive too. I mean, don't think somebody's going to sit back and go, man, I could have thrown the big kid at it instead. I didn't. I played it safe, and I'm on the outside looking in. I don't think that's happening. Um, I mean, and with that said, it's going to be a great show. Like the the NHRA um, made their call. They they got these classes on, uh, on the docket for the big go, and they want a show. They need a show. And you guys are going to give them a show. All right, let's put it in the beams. Brought to you by thisisbracketracing.com. First up in the top sportsman lane. Um, He was on episode number five of the Fast Brackets podcast. He is a two-time Division III top sportsman champion. He is a four-time national event winner in top sportsman. He's a former top sportsman JEGS all-star champion. He's this year's Mosier shootout contestant um, and most recently was your Division III Indianapolis divisional event winner welcome back to the show jerry albert jerry how are you i'm great how are you rex i'm fantastic uh thanks for coming back um and guys in the top dragster lane he is uh from what is the first family of drag racing uh certainly one of the greatest families of contributors to the sport he won the u.s nationals in pro stock truck he is a your Division Three top sportsman champion in 2007 and 2009. He has 14 NHRA national event victories to his name and 12 divisional event wins. He is currently sitting fourth in the national point standings in top dragster and was most recently your Division Three Indianapolis divisional event winner. Welcome to the show, Mike Coughlin. Mike, how are you today? Rex, I'm doing fantastic. I appreciate your uh, appreciate the opportunity to be on the show. Well, I appreciate both you guys coming on. Um, this is the U.S. National Preview Show, and I thought who better to have on than the last two guys to hoist Wally's at Indy. So mm-hmm. we're we're going to dig in here a little bit and talk Indianapolis and just how awesome it is. Um, but uh, maybe let's let's take a quick step back. And um, let's let's start with you, Jerry. Um, at the beginning of the season, uh, what type of expectations did you have for the season coming in? Well, uh, we were going to race 
an HRA. We were going to race some PDRA, some uh, other little niche markets, uh, you know, that door car, uh, fast door cars uh, fit into. And uh, it surely wasn't to run for the championship this year. Um, when we went and tested, and that went so good before Charlotte, um, and then was lucky enough to uh, come away with the trophy after Charlotte. Uh, on the way back, we just decided that we're going to commit, and this is the only thing we're going to do. And uh, fortunately, went went off. And uh, after the fourth race, we had we had a division win, which was Indy, as you said. Um, here we are, and uh, I kind of backloaded the uh, second half of the season with. Uh, my events, so it gets pretty crazy coming up here. You've got three events in a row here where you can really uh, make a run at some points. Is that right? Let's hope. Uh, everybody, <laughs> everybody that goes to these races is really tough, and you know they, they've been doing it a while, just like us, and they're ready. And a lot of them, uh, you know, th- there's something at stake for them too. Most recently, Kurt Fredericks has been on a tear. Uh, his last three races yeah, sure and the final of every one. That's right. I mean, it, uh, everybody that you line up against is a, is a tough out, but, uh, you, you've kind of got yourself in position to be in position is kind of what I say. And so, uh, we're, we're excited to see how it shakes down the next couple of weeks for you. Yeah. So are we, we're having fun with it. Um, Mike, what about you? Um, when you started this season, what type of goals or expectations did you have set for yourself? Well, we uh, we began the season just about like any other season. Um, again, just trying to figure out how to uh, what races to run, uh, national and divisional wise, uh, to run for a championship if if things went well. And um, uh, we kind of had a slow start. Um, uh, we started in Gainesville this year with the points being and the national, which uh, you know Gainesville is a great place. Um, didn't go quite as well as we wanted to, and, and we had a power adder on there that was uh, uh, was not as predictable as um, um, you know what we thought it would be. So um, just before the Indy Points meet, we made a change to a, a roots type blower um, from a fellow here, uh, Fowler Engines, right here in town, and uh, it really, really changed our program quite a bit. And uh, things started happening. Uh, in the positive right away. Um, you know, we ended up uh, winning the Indy points meet and, uh, and then went to Chicago and was fortunate enough to win that one too. And so we kind of looked at our season as a whole and trying to come up with a game plan on how to run enough races and, you know, where to run them and when to run them. And um, so far it's, it's worked out really well. We're really excited. It's one of the best years I've uh, had in my career. So uh, we're, we're uh, still still going at it. That is saying quite a lot, actually. Um, and certainly, I wouldn't guess that you'd you'd plan on making such wholesale changes to the bullet um, during the season. But uh, man, that has worked out for you. Yeah, we didn't want to, but you know, sometimes if you know, desperate. What do they say? Uh, desperate measures require <laughs> desperate changes, or whatever it is. But we uh, the we just couldn't make the other system happy. And, um, uh, again, I got to talking to the guys here and, and, uh, decided to, to go a more traditional route. And, um, it's not something, I mean, it's something we had to do. Um, 
it wasn't working the way it was and i was getting everybody was getting frustrated and it just seemed like uh you know either you either fix it or or leave it at home and uh we decided to go this route and man it's been uh it's been a home run ever since but hopefully it keeps going right right um and let me ask you this it, it looks like you kind of um you settled on maybe a 620 number or a low 620s number initially, and then you've kind of been fine-tuning it from there. Is that Does that sound about right uh, from a tuning standpoint? Yes, uh, that's exactly what we did. Um, you know, when you, when, it was, um, when you have a 610 cap, you know, if you run 609 or 608 during qualifying, you won't qualify. So, um, you know, we decided to maybe go in the 20s at first and then, you know, kind of trickle down into the in the high mid teens, and that's kind of where we're at now. And it's been it's just been really good. Uh, it's been comfortable. Um, it's been fun, um, and it's been successful. So we're just uh, we're going to keep our same game plan for the rest of the year and see how it turns out. Yeah, no doubt. Well, unfortunately, the guys showing up next week in India are not going to have that luxury. I don't. I'm not convinced a mid twenties uh, gets them in the field. Um, now I could be wrong, but I I think it is going to be incredibly fast and uh, just awesome to watch. So so let's let's change gears just a little bit and um, Jerry, maybe start with you and and walk us through a how much indie means to you and how special it is and and walk us a little bit through how your weekend went uh, when you won last time here over July fourth, right? That's right. Um, kind of a funny story here. Uh, Wednesday, my grade point opened up, which was six. Uh, we weren't entered yet, and we left home at around noon. Uh, Tracy was home. She worked from home that day. And uh, so I came home a little bit earlier and kind of changed the game plan. And uh, that was our day to enter. So we, we started cruising the in, uh, over to Indy. Um, and we about crossed the Indy border. I'm in Ohio by Cleveland. And I'm like, oh, no, we didn't enter, did we? <laughs> Tracy usually handles that. And I changed I changed the plan because we were already on the road on uh, at that time. And so we quick popped in there. I think we were like 29th or something. So we squeak in there that way. And uh, I just said, well, this will be our warm-up to the U.S. Nationals. We went over to test. They had a test session on Thursday and um, trying some different things. and Didn't make really clean runs at all, but I was testing, so to speak. Uh, had to do some work on the rollover bar, kind of uh, fatigue some uh, mounting bolts, and um, found that after early after the first qualifier, we didn't get down the track clean, and... Uh, the, the evening qualifier was a nice clean run, so we were well in the field. Um, so with the testing, we got a lot of looks at the tree, uh, and that's how it all started. And then the round by round just kind of worked out. Yeah, you had that 672 painted on the car, and um, you say round by round, it was it was pretty uh, – pretty devastating for the competition um and then you guys ended up uh run that final sunday night in the under the lights is that right yeah that's fun that's 
you know, you either love racing at night or you hate it. And I love it. I, I, if we could race at night every, every time, <laughs> Mike, he doesn't really like the night, you know, but you know, I think he liked it that time, but, uh, yeah, it worked out. All right. Yeah. Yeah. It worked out. It was fun, but you know, and I had, I had Lester who's, I know he's going to be there. And unfortunately he was having some transmission issues, which I knew about it. I'm, we were all basically right in a row. I think Mike was about six trailers down and I was three trailers from Lester and, uh, he couldn't, uh, get his transmission cooled down for whatever reason, but, uh, things were moving quick at the end of the race. So, uh, we waited as long as we could. And we, I think we were the last, last second to last pair. Yeah. They just had to run comp. So, uh, knowing that he was a little, maybe going to be off. I wasn't going to ease up. So I, uh, in the semifinals, I was double Oh nine. Uh, I rolled fourth out before the final. And, and as I'm rolling up to the tree, I'm like, that looks pretty good. And I, I rolled two thou more in. And, uh, fortunately for me, I'm double Oh one to good side. And, uh, Whew. yeah, we took it down through there and it was, uh, it just worked out, you know, yeah, that was uh, grateful. That's a heck of a final pass, putting the extra two in the box to go double o one. Um, that's uh, going to go down as one of the best calls uh, you've made in a long time. <laughs> uh, yeah, because you know I've sure screwed some up. <laughs> you know, it's like I'd like to think that uh, I made it look easy sometimes, but it's not. No, it's and, uh, never easy. And mm. and then Mike, you've hoisted the Wally at the U.S. Nationals before. Um, so you obviously have uh, had success at Indy, but but walk us through the the thought process um, as you pull into the gates and just you know as you know, Top Dragster is a killer um, group of guys and girls, and and what's the thought process and and how did that whole weekend go for you? Um, it was it was pretty exciting for us again because we just made that power adder change and. And the car really, really came to life. I mean, it was a completely different car. And it was uh, so much more, uh, uh, it was easier to drive. It was easier to predict. Um, and when you have a race car that's that way, a driver, uh, you know, you just get more comfortable. And and that was a big key for me. It, it was, um, you know, it was off for uh, darn near over a whole year. And uh, it was, you know, it was really a struggle. But um, knowing that uh, we tested uh, a couple times at National Trails, uh, my home track in Columbus, um, a couple times before the Indy Points meet, and it was just the test sessions were so successful that um, we we really were uh, kind of at ease. I mean, you're never at ease when you're racing, but but we knew that we had the car back, and we knew we could dial it, and we knew it would run, and we knew it wouldn't break, and and to me, that was a, a a huge, huge plus. So, um, you know, when a driver is comfortable with his equipment, it just makes it it makes it uh, that much better for sure. It gives you and, confidence, um, right? It gives you that confidence to go out and cut lights and and when the car is going to do what you think it's going to do. It does. It really does. And and um, you know, a driver's job is to try and do the best job they can every time. But when you in the back of your mind, you know that there's something wrong with it. It's, 
it, it makes it hard, and your reaction times reflect it, and your attitude absolutely. reflects absolutely. it. Absolutely, and and, and uh, it's just once uh, once things started coming together, you know, the lights became better and more consistent, and the car run better, and and um, you know, the finish line racing became better, and it's just a, it's a whole series of of um, events that happen when stuff works well, and um, that's what we got to experience at Indy. And um, we've had uh, we've had very very little issues since then, and we've been to five races, so um, it's it's really been a great turnaround. And and um, of course we're hoping it continues, you know. But um, anything can happen in racing. But we definitely have the equipment now to to keep going, and that's really exciting. Yep, and um, no, that is, and walk us through that final round, and then because um, uh, that was under the lights. I mean, that was a long weekend. It was incredibly hot, if I remember right, and but you guys got to run the final uh, under yeah. the lights at Indy. Yeah, it was probably what Jerry it was probably what nine thirty or ten o'clock at night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You probably ran your final right around then, and I was one or two classes behind you. And yeah, and and. Uh, I'm not a, a huge uh, nighttime racer. I, I'm, you know, I obviously when you have to, you you need to step up to the plate. But um, you know, there's a lot of times where I don't like to race at night. But you know, um, when the adrenaline's going and and things are going your way, you know, you as a driver, you uh, you just kind of um, you know you adapt, you make it work. That's that's a driver's job. Right. And uh, I raced. Uh, a fellow um, uh, supercharged guy that uses the Fowler stuff as well, Brian Keller. Mm-hmm. And he also uses the CompSync EFI that I use. So um, it was just a, he, he's a great guy. They're a great family. And uh, I've got to know him uh, fairly well over the last couple of years and enjoyed racing with, with him. And uh, um, you don't take anybody lightly, but uh, it's just one of those things that went our way and the car ran great, and we ended up winning, and uh, and we celebrated, and that was a good time. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, we'll oh, walk oh, us- yeah, I forgot that part. We did celebrate, <laughs> didn't we? <laughs> hey, we should, well, yeah. And you <laughs> guys hard, are, you got to play hard, right? That is That's exactly right. right. Um, you guys were in each other's uh, victory uh, – pictures right like you were in oh the- yeah absolutely yeah we're, we're all friends i mean it's that's what it is. it's all about you know having your your racing friends and then good friends and just you know it's it just makes it fun yeah yeah it, it was very rewarding because jerry and i and I'm, I'm i'm maybe i shouldn't speak for jerry but um my last year was pretty much i don't want to say a disaster because but and Jerry's last year wasn't all that you know not what he wanted either. So we, we went through, yeah we went through a couple painful years uh, trying to figure things out and it's yeah like Mike said it's not to talk over you Mike but it's it, I'm so elated that the programs come together on our end. Yeah it uh, it turned it kind of turned the corner uh, for both of us this year and and when we won Indy at the same time I mean that's just that's really fun. You know, it's fun racing, like Jerry said, it's fun racing with people. But, you know, when you're r- racing with your friends, it makes it that much better, that much more re- uh, rewarding. There's no question. Um, and when you guys are lifting up that Wally in uh, 
Victor Circle there at Indy. Did you guys and you guys have both been doing this a long time? Um, for the if the classes are concerned, but did you ever think that the these classes would be contested at the Big Go, or did you always think this was going to be a divisional and uh, a regional event type stuff? We were hoping. Um, yeah, we were <laughs> always hoping. Um, but uh, this year is the inaugural year for it, and unfortunately, I have other plans that I've. I made the so that I can't go, but but um, it's going to be really really exciting. I mean, top dragster is going to be the bump's going to be in the twenties, uh, in my opinion, because mm-hmm. there's um, you know there's so many for some reason. Excuse me, D- division three is the uh, is the fastest uh, division in the country. I don't know why that is, but it is. And um, you know, if you don't if you don't run six. You know, sometimes it's it's taken a mid-630 just to qualify for 32 cars. So, um, and, you know, we've uh, we've had a lot of success at Indy, and, you know, I've been blessed and, and lucky, and, and uh, you know, my family's really been a big part of my racing. My dad has, and, and um, uh, we ended up uh, winning the U.S. Nationals twice in Pro Stock Truck, and, and my brothers have all... Uh, my brother, two of my brothers have won Indy, and uh, my dad and, and my brother John have done real well over the years. It's just, it's a magical place, and, and um, there's just nothing else like it. I mean, you know, every drag race we try and keep the same or try and have the same mentality, but uh, Indy is our, um, you know, our Daytona 500 or our Indy 500. It's just the biggest race of the year, and there's there's always, a, you know, a good, a good uh, karma about it, so always been good to us and i you know i'm very thankful for that yeah um to that point do either of you guys have any um superstitions that you guys do to try to give yourself a little uh luck when you pull up to the line is there anything you guys do that uh someone would be considered weird or uh different um than just no, uh, I can't tell you that. No. <laughs> 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 information, right, Jerry? Yeah. Yeah, that's top secret. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I really don't. I mean, I'm uh I'm not really a superstitious guy, but you know, drag racing is about repetition and to right. me, I'm you know, we always <laughs> You know, yeah. I mean, we always kind of get in the car the same way. We strap our down, selfs down the same way, put on the gloves the same way. I mean, just a repetition. It's all um, drag racing is about uh, consistency and repetition. So mm-hmm. that's really about pretty much what I do. I mean, it's just it's just another uh, level of comfort. Yeah, no. you're right. It's yeah, and it's you know Tracy and I generally, and maybe we'll have a helper here and there. And it's uh, the same. It's just like what Mike said. It's just when you're comfortable and you're in a groove, and any racer will tell you this. It's that's you're you're clicking. You have a chance. Yep. If you're not feeling it, now nah, you you're pretty much shelved. Yeah, attitude is uh, important part of it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it, it's getting your routine and uh, you know staying in that groove is a is a big big thing. And you guys have both done it at a. A very very high level. Um, let's speaking of high level. Let's take a step back and uh, maybe give me your thoughts on the where the classes are going. Um, what's what's next for these classes? I mean, now that people are running at U.S. Nationals, um, 
do you see anything um, you know down the line that would either uh, really help the the classes or see you see a trend? Um, obviously, you guys are running the comp sync stuff that seems to really be working. You think that's a trend for the classes? Um, it, it could be. Uh, I think what makes it fun is all the exposure, um, all, all the online viewing you can, uh, is pretty readily available now and growing, uh, podcasts like what we're doing now. Um, I think you're either in it or you're out. Uh, it's getting definitely faster. Indy will be quick on my side, top sportsman side. Uh, Hopefully, Bowling Green goes well, and I get to uh, gain a little information on uh, third system, and uh, we can run run strong and uh, definitely punch in that field. I look at the uh, entry list, and we have high-caliber cars coming. Not that anybody doesn't have good equipment, but these are, like, some of the faster cars that could show up. Yep. And... Um, I'm not one of them. I'm going to have to work for it. So, uh, as far as where it's going, it's just going to, as long as the economy stays good, people are going to keep going faster. Yeah. That's the bottom line. Yeah, that's true. What I think I've been impressed about is the, the equipment and the, the ability to go as fast as everybody's going and then do it at a consistent level. Right. So, I mean, it used to be parts were breaking every you know, to go fast, you had to break parts all the time. And that doesn't feel like that's um, what's happening nearly as much as what we used to see. Is that, well, that, they're figuring it out, definitely on the transmission end uh, and and all the driveline parts. Um, Mike's tested a couple of the power adders, and, and he knows what works and what doesn't. And, you know, not that they didn't work. They just weren't the, the ones that, worked for him so he's definitely got a good combination now i like my combination if i was to switch i would go directly to what he has so if i if i remove myself from the nitrous field uh yeah the blower would be the exact copy that doesn't sound like you jerry that doesn't sound like you're getting out of the nitrous (laughs) stuff anytime soon Probably not. <laughs> you know, I'm looking at a bunch of full nitrous bottles right now in the shop, and I'm like, no, probably not. You know, that's but well, Jerry's uh, Jerry's one of the best nitrous racers there is in the country. So, and that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, hey, you do what you do, right? Um, and you got yeah, the it's been a long time, you've twenty got, plus years. That's right. Of uh, top sportsman racing, and then some quick sixteen racing with nitrous, and it's just it's just what I like. You know, it's just. Everybody ha- likes their own deal. Some people drive Ford. Some people drive Chevy. Uh, that's that's what keeps it fun. No question. Uh, Jerry, we touched on it a little bit, but uh, walk us through your remaining schedule for this season. Uh, Bowling Green. And fortunately, we're going to do the Moja shootout there, which is a lot of fun. And I think I've been in that thing at five to six times, and I'm hoping that this is the time. Uh haven't haven't got to uh, really produce many wins, many round wins in that. I don't know what the deal is on that, but uh, yeah. so we're going to do that. We're in obviously yeah. the divisional indie uh, national event, <clears throat> which I'm really looking forward to. I, I scale it uh, back to the uh, 
you know, IHRA World Nationals was our Super Bowl back in the day. Right. And uh, we had we had good success there, and we were fortunate to win it twice. And hopefully, uh, hopefully I can be the first one. But I know there's going to be 40 other guys that want the same thing, and uh, they're going to be ready. They're going to be hungry. Yep. Uh, after that, it's the Norwalk rainout race. That'll be a Thursday, Friday at Norwalk. Uh, from the national, uh, and then we'll have a couple St. Louis races, which is a, a national and a divisional, and then it'll be decision time. Uh, we're either going to be good enough to uh, have a run at this thing, and we'll have to decide if we're going to do Rockingham or just wait and and maybe and maybe we'll need the round at Vegas. You know, that'll be fun because Vegas is the end, right? That's- it's the uh-huh. chance to get any points and top sportsman, top dragster. You leave Vegas, it's it's done. So, uh, and it's fun out there. That's right. I'm fortunate enough to go out there a couple times and and check it out. And uh, yeah, maybe this is a year. Maybe three's a charm. So, <laughs> you can only hope. But I know there's a bunch of other guys that want it just as bad. So, uh, I, I, I need to strategize. My, I need to have a better second half than what I had first half because there's some guys really winning, doing really, really well. Well, that'd be impressive because um, you've had a great first half. Um, and what about you, Mike? What uh, What's your schedule look like for the rest of the season? Um, well, we're going to go to Bowling Green, of course, this weekend. Okay. Um, and then, let's see, I've got um, – Two national events left, which is going to be the uh, what Jerry mentioned, the rainout uh, makeup for Norwalk. Right. And then we planned on going to Brainerd last weekend, um, but we had engine trouble in Seattle and um, ended up having to bring everything back home to get everything ready to for Bowling Green. So we decided instead of uh, we uh, I, we backed out of. Uh, uh, Brainerd and decided to go to Charlotte. Okay. So we're going to run uh, uh, Norwalk, uh, Charlotte, and then uh, Bowling Green, <clears throat> and the St. Louis Points meet. Okay. So and then uh, that's going to wrap it up for us, and and uh, we're just going to race as hard as we can and and uh, add up the points at the end and see what happens. Right. Well, so I I don't like to get too caught up in in the uh, in the riffraff of uh, you know worrying about everything, but um, but it's you know it's always in the back of your mind. It's exciting. Uh, we we were in this position a couple of years ago and went out to Vegas and um, uh, didn't win the uh, the world or the division, but it was exciting just to be there. And um, hopefully, you know, we'll do the same thing this year. Or, Hopefully a couple more rounds. You know, you never know. But um, we're ready, and um, we have the equipment, we have the people, and and um, that's pretty much all I can say is we're we're definitely ready. So yeah. Yeah. you know, and, and and you have to be prepared. You know, in in drag racing, preparation is a big part of it, and uh, and uh, we've got some good people working for us. Um, my crew chief, Greg Cody, and and Dave and Tony and the, and Ryan that works on our EFI, we've, we've got the right people doing the right jobs and, and, and we're ready. So hopefully we'll have good results. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, 
best of luck to you guys both um, for the rest of the season. Um, Mike, thanks so much for coming on. Jerry, thank you for coming on. I will see you next week in Indy, Jerry. Uh, Mike, I'm sure I'll catch up with you down the line. Um, Sure. Rob, we're going to go ahead and certify both of these guys. We're going to give them the podcast certification. That means they can come on any time you guys like. Come on back whenever to talk about the rest of the season, any new things that are happening on. Bam, you guys are both podcast certified. Um, thanks so much for coming on, and best of luck to both of you the rest of the season. Thanks a bunch, Rex. Yeah, it was a great. You know, it's always fun to talk to you. I really appreciate the opportunity. Like I said earlier, um, it's uh, it's great to talk to you, and and you're a racer, and you understand, and and uh, anytime you need anything from us, just let me know. Appreciate both of you guys. Um, that was Jerry Albert and Mike Coughlin. Okay, today's half track report is brought to you by DragRaceLawyer.com. We all know um, it's DragRaceLawyer.com because it's always DragRaceLawyer.com brought to you by Ed Harney. Um, And if you need someone you can trust, someone who is like you, a drag racer, and he has the legal expertise you need, you have to go to DragRaceLawyer.com, talk to Ed, and get your legal tune-up. All right, let's get at it. Let's uh, start in the north Um, Let's go to the national event in Brainerd, Minnesota. Let's go to the zoo. Hopefully you guys, um, somebody went up there and checked out that madness. Um, On the top sportsman side, your number one qualifier at a smoking uh, 18 with a 9 at 233 miles an hour was Jeff Connolly. Nicely done, Jeff. Uh, There were 27 chassis cars on the property for that. Ultimately, it was Larry Deemers over Kurt Frederick. Uh, Larry is 009, one above, and uh, one above three, and and Kurt was just in the way at that point. I mean, that is a really nice lap for Larry Deemers. Congrats on the win in Brainerd. On the top dragster side, Phil Dion goes 611-3 at 228 miles an hour for the number one spot. There were 33 pipe racks trying for those 32 spots. And um, the winner ultimately was Henry Wybush. He's 14 dead nine over our good buddy, Luke Bogaki, who was 006, one above nine. Um, My math says Mr. Weinbush wins by seven inches at the stripe. Um, But uh, of note, uh, let's let's put this in gear here for a second. Luke um, Luke is back and he's running top dragster for the first time in a while, and I know he put in a new bullet a couple weeks ago. He came on the show. He got some karma. Um, now that he has taken some interest in this, and I don't know, we'll have to follow up with him to see if he's going to chase the top dragster world a little bit. But he is an absolute killer. And if he does, if he puts his mind to this, we are going to have to track him uh, because in his first event back in a long time, he takes the runner-up position there at Brainerd. So nicely done, Jeff Conley and Phil Dion at the zoo. Um, 
The Division One event uh, was in Cecil County Dragway in Maryland, and on the top sportsman side, Erica Coleman um, goes 397.4 at 192 miles an hour, and they ran this on the eighth mile of this event. Um, so that's why you're looking at the short time there. She goes 397.4 192. Uh, congrats to Erica Coleman for taking the number one spot. There were four or 29 cars there, and um, really flying out there in Cecil County. And the winner is Jeff Brooks over Mark Payne. Uh, Payne runs a little off, and that's all Jeff Brooks needed. Uh, That is Jeff's first win of the season, but he was runner-up two weeks ago out there. So, you know, have to keep an eye on Jeff. He's getting hot right now. Congrats to Jeff Brooks. On the top dragster side, Victor uh, Pugilia is the number one Spot there at 382.1 at 188 miles an hour. Nicely done. There were 32 dragsters there, so they filled that field. And Jeff Taylor gets the win over Gary Kobe. Uh, Taylor is 10, dead 002. Kobe's 12 at the starting line. Meant that he needed to be perfect. And Jeff Taylor gets his first Wally. Congrats to him on the top dragster side at Cecil. Um, now, if you go way west, we got to go to the Division Six event in Seattle, Washington, at Pacific Raceway. The top sportsman side saw, saw Joe Locke um, go number one at 642.5 at 217 miles an hour. There were 25 cars there. And Don Sefton gets the win. That's his third divisional win. Um, over Terry Wilcox, and it, I believe Terry had a mechanical issue down track. So congrats to all those competitors, but especially Don Sefton for getting the win in top sportsman at Pacific Raceway. On the top dragster side, a familiar name, Shane Molinari. He goes number one, goes 612 with an eight at 224 miles an hour. And there were 33 dragsters there trying to make the show, so the bump is 733. And your winner is Kyle Hansen over podcast certified Steve Kasner. Uh, Steve gets by Paul Nero in the semifinal. Uh, both were 002 under in a heck of a race. Steve moves on, sees Kyle Hansen, and Kyle gets the win in the final. Congrats to Kyle Hansen. Next week, we will have the NHRA Division Three Bowling Green event coverage. Um, also, Mosier Shootout uh, coverage there. They do a nice uh, little event. We'll talk a little bit about that on the live show. Um, and then we'll get you caught up on the divisional point standings after Indy. So uh, next week at the live show, we'll talk Bowling Green and, um, you know, go from there. Whoa, let's get out of the groove here for just a minute and talk uh, what is just happening here on the national level, um, Bo Butner um, and what he is doing in multiple classes right now is nothing short of amazing. Um, if you don't know, he bought a super gas car right before Sonoma and won the first event that he entered. Um, we all know that he is killing it on the pro stock level. We know that he he does it um, – on the factory stock level, but just to buy a car, 
hop in it and win the event in the first time out in a super gas car. And I know it's a roadster, so don't get on me, but um, I have to give him some props for for winning that event, um, you know, the first time out. And, you know, there is a little bit of drag racing secret here um, that, that we all know about and very few people talk about, but that is that lots of people get a win early in their career to set the hook. If if the sound doesn't set the hook, if you know uh, the torque doesn't set the hook, they get a win early and sets the hook. We see it all the time. Somebody wins early and then they spend the rest of their lives trying to chase that and do it again. But Bo's a former Comp Eliminator world champ. I mean, the hook was already set. Uh, the drag racing gods did not need to give him that. Um, so I'm going to go with... My man can just wheel a car and just kill it in the three classes. I mean, he has a chance to finish. I believe he'd have to really go on a run, but I believe he could finish in the top 10 in three classes, factory stock, super gas, and pro stock. Just a special, special talent out of uh, southern Indiana in Bo Butner. All right, let's hit the mile per hour cone today and talk about Midwest Pro Mod Series. They made some changes to their top sportsmen and top dragster programs this week, um, and I think they're all very, very good ones. Uh, they made three major changes, really. The first one was they made a name change, and they are calling their classes Pro Outlaw Top Dragster and Pro Outlaw Top Sportsman. So, um, that defines those classes and, uh, and zeroes in a little bit that way. Secondly, their safety requirements. The max dial is 499. From 450 to 499, you can wear a Dash 5 fire suit. Uh, you got to wear 15 with the nitrous. Um, and below 450 uh, is a 15 suit. So just uh, fine-tuning the safety requirements there. Um, and then what they did was really good i think in the major step in the right direction is they added a non-qualifier race so pro outlaw is 16 cars or dragsters depending on top sportsman or top dragster that makes sense then the non-qualifiers all get to run together so essentially the non-qualifier race is a very quick super pro event because um, the dragsters and the door cars are run together and then the first round losers of both Pro Outlaw Top Sportsman and Pro Outlaw Top Dragster can buy back into the non-qualifier race. So, in my opinion, those three changes, the name change, the safety requirement, and the non-qualifier race are great steps in the right direction for the Midwest Pro Mod Series. Um, first of all, they've kind of uh, piggybacking on the PDRA model and the D6 model for for that that everyone races. If you show up, you will have a chance to race. I think that's good. Um, that will definitely increase car counts, and increased car counts are good for everyone. Um, and legitimately, outside of Haney not knowing where the Midwest is, according to Craig Sullivan, um, this series has made some real strides this year. And I look for very, very good things to come uh, in the years ahead for the Midwest Pro Mod Series. 
Okay, that is the show. It is time to pull the shoots on episode 18. Look up. There it is. There is the wind light. Um, there it is. That's exactly what we're looking for. And um, there it is. Producer Rob is playing Gloria. All is right in the world right now. Thanks so much to Jerry Albert and Mike Coughlin for coming on. And remember, next week is the live shows, plural. Get there. Um, it will be an absolute blast. Um, there's a visual effect for uh, just a little bit added bonus. And tell all your friends about the show. Please help me get the word out. Uh, share that Facebook page link. It really helps with the Facebook algorithm. Make a comment. Let me know what you're thinking. Maybe we'll discuss it next week on the show. Um, if you really want to be the first person to get the show each week, you can subscribe on Apple iTunes. Hit that little purple icon there. and uh, Or on SoundCloud as well. Be the first to know about new episodes that way. Also, if there's another avenue you want to listen on, let me know. I'll make it easy for you. Um, but uh, tell all your like-minded Fast Bracket Nation friends. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. Try to stay cool out there, keep the rubber side down, and travel safe. great show i uh really love that interview with mike coughlin mike was fantastic jerry was fantastic as usual and they both got certified